just never know who's going to give you the next opportunity, right? You, just have, you always leave your doors open, always make great friends. Our world is smaller than we think. I say that to everybody, not just mm -hmm. in Miami, like everywhere. You just yep. never know who's going to give you the next chance, who's going to be there on your interview uh, and say, oh, my God, I remember you from so-and-so. You're the guy then. Welcome to the Hospitality Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Turk. Join me as we dive into the personal stories of some of the world's best hospitality professionals. We follow the journey of their ups, downs, and wild turns to find out what it truly takes to make it in the amazing world of hospitality. This episode is brought to you by our podcast partners at Real-Time Reservation. Their inventory management system is best in class for hotels and resorts to manage their non-room inventory. The web-based application allows for creative upselling of overnight and daytime visitors with add-ons and pre-planned packages. Hotel guests and non-guests can reserve cabanas, pool chairs, activities, amenities, excursions, events, day passes, and much more. The real-time reservation platform offers a fully integrated pre-arrival portal where guests are verified through the property management system. Guests can prepay for cabanas and activities through credit card integrations, which are then processed through point of sale. All of our listeners that might be interested in using real-time reservation are welcome to explore the demo at realtimereservation.com. Once again, that's realtimereservation.com. Welcome to another edition of the Hospitality Mentor Podcast. Today, I have my good friend, Carlos Garcia, General Manager at the Senesta Miami Airport. Carlos, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Steve. So happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Well, Carlos, we're going to jump right into it. You, of all things, have had like a meteoric rise. I love following your career, and I think people will really be excited to hear how you did it. But let's start with the very first position. What was the first position that you started with in hospitality? You know, I was uh, I was lucky enough, right, to be hired at the Intercontinental Miami as a bellman. Mm -hmm. uh, and they really, and those guys really took a chance on me because I barely spoke English back then. Yeah. Uh, so it was an interesting interview. And Rosello and uh, Hilaire hired me. Uh, and they gave me that very first position in hospitality, that very first uh, foot in the door, I will say. That's and it was quite fun. I still, think, I still think of it a lot. Uh, it was one of the, the, you know, the best shows I ever had, to be honest. Where did you arrive from, Miami? You said you weren't from Miami. Where did you come from? All right. Yeah, I, I, I arrived from Cuba uh, around February or so. Mm -hmm. And then I started working on the beach, just throwing cables, uh, electrical cables down the south beach uh, ocean, there in ocean drive there was a small um uh, apartment slash boutique hotel that we're building is no longer there and I, I threw a lot of electrical cables in and it was it was it was not as fun as working in hospitality i can tell you that much all right so then you get to the intercontinental they hire you you barely speak any english so they take a yeah, chance on you they really, they really did I, i'm always thankful to those guys and you start as the bellman Right. That's correct. Yes. What do you remember being at that hotel on the first day? How was that first day? Do you remember it? You know, yeah, oh, very much. You know, I was I was kind of nervous and excited at the same time. You know, because I never worked in a hotel before. I didn't know exactly how things worked, uh, especially in the U.S. Miami. It was a little scary uh, in in a sense. I remember it took three buses to get there. Woke up at four a.m. in the morning uh, just to make it to seven thirty for orientation. And I get to the place and didn't know exactly how to how to get in, where to go. And you know, those guys really make it easier. They took me to HR, for the paperwork, started working that same day, gave me the, the, the uniform and everything else. And they just just uh, threw me out there, uh, basically. And uh, you know, Mark and Henroy and all those guys really, you know, took me on their hand and really showed me the ropes. But it was a very exciting moment. And it was definitely an exciting day for me per se. And as you learn things through, it, it takes you back once in a while and how, how incredible those days were. So you start to make your move in your career there, right? You grew pretty fast. So what happens after Bellman? Where do you go from there? I really wanted to go into the, I really wanted to be a manager, the, the, the front office world, everything else. I really wanted to see how that moved on. So after about two and a half years as a Bellman, I, um, I, I sit down with man, my manager and say, hey guys, you know, I, I really want to move up. What's the best chance here? What, what, what do you think I should do? 
And they say, you know, we have Carlos, we have a great position here as a butler in the club lounge, which I really think you should take. It will be great for you because I speak fast now. Before <laughs> it was just like a rocket. Uh, people did not understand half of the things I will speak uh, because I was I always been very impatient. So they say, you know what, butler, I think will be best for you. You have great contact with the clients. You'll be exposed to the club lounge, the VIP area, and stuff like that. But at the same time, there was another position as PBX uh, answering the phones. And you know what? And I said, you know what, guys? I, I know you think this will be best for me, but I believe I, I should go into PBX. And the reason why is because I, I, it will hone my English a lot better. Uh, it will help me to kind of take a step back and, and learn how to speak a little bit more to our guests over the phone. And, you know, they, they took another chance uh, because, again, English was still not that great. And again, I will speak very, very fast. So imagine this, this energetic, uh, out of the world, Cuban guy speaking on the phone to the guests. Ah, you know, can imagine that? <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, so they really just took it on and they gave it to me. And I was there for about eight months, give or take. And it was a lot of fun, a lot of overnights. And definitely helped me a lot with the English and the, and the keyboard and, and learning how to type well on the computer and stuff like that. I love it. So people really, when you answer, got the real Miami experience. Well, talking honest, to Carlos. I always answer very excitedly, right? So people yeah. say, oh my God, this is the hotel. This is it. This is the thing. Uh, so I they really like it, believe it or not. All right. So PBX, then you start making a move, right? So you get your PBX experience, you start picking up English, and then you start to move up into yeah, the supervisory I, I went, role, I right? Went to the, and then I went to the club lounge, mm -hmm. um, but no longer as a butler, I was an agent. Right, and I was there for a little bit. Also amazing because the club lounging hotels is like you're running your own mini hotel. And uh, in the intercom side, there's 137 rooms give or take. So you'll be able to charge and manage those type of guests, give an additional perspective on service and high and, and uh high end and you know upper scale luxury that guests offer by being there. And that was amazing, that was great. And then I became supervisor of, of the club lounge, which again was an amazing opportunity. Uh, given the people that came before me and those amazing individuals that really put the continental name and the club lounge name forward, those very repeat customers that know your name, that see you all the time. It was great. That was great. And then you start doing so well there, right? This is when I started kind of hearing your name because I started hanging around the Intercontinental around this time. They were recruiting me around that 2012. But I remember meeting you as a an assistant manager in the front office, right? Wasn't that's that right. the next yes. step? That was, my, that was my next step. That's correct. Right. So you make that move, but that's the first time as a manager, right? That's like correct. I'm a supervisor right. in the club, but what was it like becoming a manager for the I, first time? A lot of hours. I can tell you that. Yeah. What is the a biggest lot, difference a for lot people? Of hours, a lot right? of hours. A lot of hours. But it was another incredible experience as well. You'll just learn a little bit of everything, right? Everywhere you go. Um, but in this one, it really allowed me just to connect a lot better uh, with a lot more people. Uh, especially the, the the colleagues, the employees of the of the hotel, because you start to do schedules and you start to familiarize yourself with that, and dealing with multiple challenges. Also, the overnight was a great school, right? When you start doing system manager, they put you on the overnight for a little bit to cover shifts and stuff like that. And it, that one really put into perspective how to run a, a hotel at night because you're by yourself, basically, right? You're 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 there. You're the only one there, and you're in charge of the hotel during those periods of time. And you really feel a sense of uh, belonging and responsibility. If something were to happen, right? You, you're you're the guy. You're you're the person that's going to respond towards that. And we have, you know, we have multiple stories. Guys that will break the windows. People that unfortunately, you know, they they go to hotels and uh, they're not well, right? They need some help, and they, they try to make rash decisions when they're in the rooms, and you call the police and you try to help them out. Cameras. I remember we were trying to do a show at one point. 24-7 uh, hospitality with the same people that did the airport shows. Uh, and it was, it was it was actually quite good. It was actually quite good. I, I uh, don't regret that time at all. And I spent a little bit of time there as well in that position. It was lots of fun. Ultra, oh my God, Ultra's coming. Yeah. And the Ultra days and the Intercon, you know, doing as, as, as an MOD, wow. Yeah. For, for listeners, the Ultra Music Festival is probably one of the top three music festivals in the entire world. And it takes place in downtown Miami, right outside the Intercontinental right Hotel. In front, right in front of the hotel. And so basically you're in the concert. And so just imagine yeah, having... Right. The, whole, the whole building shakes. Yeah. The entire building shakes. You're dancing all the time uh, with the guests just working there. So I can only imagine the stories of being the overnight MOD during Ultra 
and having Carlos Garcia come in. My friend, my friend, more than once, right? We evicted a bunch of people. People would just drove, pass down the stairs. They couldn't even walk. Yeah, intense, intense. Yeah, no, it's a great, a great place for a lot of fun stories. But so now you're there and you do something that's a little bit interesting, which is different than a lot of people. You kind of were starting out in multiple areas. You've done rooms by coming through Bellman and PBX. Then you go to the club lounge, which is a little bit of food and beverage mixed with rooms, rooms with assistant front office manager. But then you jump fully in to food and beverage. So you know, it's 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 actually quite a funny story, and I I, I try to tell it as much as I can because you know you just never know what life will throw at you and 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 where you think you will be. Right? You know, my, my goal. I was always I, I always wanted to be a GM, right? I always wanted to be a general manager, you know, very very so focused there. It just this was it. And I wanted to get there through the room side. You know, I thought that my my, my career path would take me there through rooms, right? I, you know, in Modi, I wanted to be an assistant director, I wanted to be rooms division, and then I wanted to be a GM. But then after a while, I was kind of tired of the same, right? And I didn't want to be at the property as much anymore and in front office. So I, I, I come to my boss, back, back then it was Lee. I said, hey, Lee, listen, I, I, I want to move. I, I really, I want to move. I want to do something else. I want to go to another hotel and try out. I want to see if there's a promotion for me out there, and I'm going to just jump on it. And I started research, researching, looking for opportunities and stuff like that, especially out from Miami. I, I just wanted to move to the hotel. Um, and then an opportunity came at the Intercontinental in Atlanta. There was a, a, a sitting director position there open. I applied, went through the whole interview process. As we were getting closer to decision making, Danny Estevez comes to see me. And I said, hey, man, you know, I heard that uh, you're applying elsewhere. You, you're trying to leave. You know, have you ever thought about doing f &B? I said, you know, Danny, I, I never thought about it. It's really not my thing. I like rooms. I like guests. You know, I like all that thing. I like the responsibility that comes with it. It's just, it's just what, what I want. They say, you know, I get all that. That's great. It's great. But you know what? You should really give it a try to food and beverage. I think you'll do great. And uh, you have the right personality for it and the drive. You should really, really consider it. And, you know, it will be a little bit more money. You know, and you're very young. So if it doesn't work out, do the thing you were going to do anyways. You know, but give it a chance, right? Give it a try. Do it for a year. And you know what? I say, you know what? You're right. I'm young. I have. I can spare a couple of stuff. You know. I. I really think I should give it a chance because you know it will be a great experience for me anyway. And there was this little restaurant by the pool called Blue Water Cafe that needed a manager. And he said, you know what? Just do the Blue Water and try it out. And I took the position. And man, I cut the F&B bag, and it was one of the best decisions I ever made. So for listeners, Danny Estevez was food and beverage director there at Intercontinental. Now he's a very successful general manager uh, with the great Western guy, Great guy, great guy. And well, I'm going to tell you, you think Carlos is high energy listening to him. Danny is just as high energy. So you get these two guys in a room. It's Ooh. like fireworks going Crazy on. stuff, man. Crazy stuff. <laughs> so you've got Blue Water at the pool, right? The, the cafe, which is a beautiful pool deck. It's a good place, I think, for a lot of people to learn. Yeah. And then... You continue journeying through food and beverage. So Toro Toro comes knocking, or do you go ask for it? How does that happen? Actually, uh, Toro Toro did come, did come knocking. I, I, I rose the revenues quite significantly uh, in Blue Water. You know, budget numbers up the wazoo. It was great. They were very happy with the performance. I was very happy with what I was doing. I realized that was the right change for me. Uh, not necessarily having to go anywhere else. Uh, so this is it. This is what I needed. And so... Um, the number two, well, actually, the number one in Tortoro had just left, right? And then the number two had gotten promoted to number one, uh, which was Natalia, another ama 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 amazing girl. And then uh, she, they said, hey, you know, we have this open now. Do you want to take it? And again, the energy thing comes into play again. They say, you know, I don't know. This guy's kind of crazy. <laughs> I don't know. This would be the right fit. Tortoro's kind of high end, you know. Carlos, do you want to do it? They say, you know what? Let's do it. And again, they put me into a Toro and another amazing uh, story there. Revenue's great. TripAdvisor, amazing. We got into number one, you know, open table rankings. We're like the number one ranked uh, restaurant in the Richard Sandoval portfolio 
uh, of restaurants for a while um, in, in Open Table. It was fantastic. Uh, yeah, and, I remember, yeah, Toro Toro was like the number one restaurant in the city, was ahead of okay. Zuma, was ahead of all these places. To be honest, a, a lot of that uh, was because of Danny, right? He really pushed, the, pushed us through. He really wanted us to do great. And what mm -hmm. saved us the first time was Miami Spice that summer, right? It was very, you know, opening a restaurant, you know, it's incredibly hard, very, very hard. Uh, it's just a lot that goes into it. And at the beginning, it wasn't doing that well. Uh, we're trying a lot of different things. But then when that summer hit, with that very first Miami Spice, that's when we took off. Yeah, and Miami and, Spice with the, the fixed menu is really helpful, right? Like kind of right. set was, menu, it, come try and, it out. It got a lot of people to come to the restaurant, right, and try it out and, and, and uh, fall in love with it. Uh, and that's really what made it took off after that. Um, so incredible things, incredible numbers, like a million dollars a year, amazing stuff. You know, I'm very high energetic, you know, really driving upper scale um, settings, but at the same time, lots of fun, DJs every weekend, happy hours of the Wazoo. I mean, really, really fun place. Yeah. And that's what also showed me too. I don't think I've ever told you or Danny this, but it shows how important the leaders are in those kind of restaurants and that kind of space, because once you all left, they couldn't keep the magic going. Right yeah, it, yeah, it's 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 been hard after that. It really right? has. Because you need people with that high energy that you have, that Danny has, that Natalia had, but the caring. So a story, because I'm, you know, usually I don't do this, but I want to share a story about Carlos because this is what I remember you, right? Now I remember meeting Carlos at the front office, and all of a sudden he's in Toro Toro, and I was being recruited to work there which I had turned down and now I had my own company staffing the hotel and you know, they treated me, I say in quotes as a VIP, but Carlos man was everywhere. Anything that anyone needed, he was there. He would bouncing off the walls, but in like a elegant way is how I said it was almost Absolutely. like when you see the swan on the water and the feet underneath cruising. That's what Carlos reminded me of. Cause he was elegant walking through the room, but everywhere, anywhere you looked, you all right, you need anything. What can I get you? Oh, I remember your favorite drink. You would walk in, he'd have it for you. It was incredible. So I wanted to brag about you a little thanks, bit. Man, then, thanks, I really appreciate it. As we continue the talk, I, I lost a little bit of connection with you, and I'm excited to hear how it continues on. So we continued working together a little bit as you progressed from Toro Toro. So not many people make that jump again. So you went from rooms to the restaurant, and then you go into banquets. That's, That's right. right. How was that transition? Was that a big you difference? Know, I, I, I wanted to go to banquets a lot uh, because after being FMB for a while and you know, such a big property, you realize that, you you know, the next step for me then will be being a director of food and beverage. And um, from my perspective, I really needed that banquet experience uh, because it's just a whole different ballgame uh, in regards to hospitality and, and, and F&B. Restaurants, one thing, banquet is another animal, and especially in that property you have 100,000 square feet of meeting space. It just never stops. And I really wanted the experience. So I told Annie, hey, can I, if you have an opportunity, can I get it? And the opportunity presented itself. And they promoted me yeah, to assistant director of banquets. And I took it. And it was fantastic. I mean, it was really, really great. You know, it's just FMB at a larger scale. And you start to really manage a lot more people. You know, think about yourself in terms of, a lot, you know, multi-million dollar deals versus, uh, you know, catering piece of business in, in the restaurant that's, you know, just smaller uh, in magnitude. So you really start negotiating heavily there. And, you know, again, deals with the beverage guys. Right. All of that really comes into play. And it was great. It was fantastic. What would you say the biggest difference? If someone maybe who's thinking about making that jump, the biggest difference between a restaurant and then jumping into a gigantic banquet operation, what's yeah, the difference? You got to always think about you're managing a restaurant and you go to managing 10 restaurants at once for one Friday night. You know, when you have two, 300 covers, you're going to have them 3,000 that one Friday night. And then you're going to go home, have a great time. But it's basically that. Just scale, scale yourself 10 times. And that's what banquets. That's true. And then look, you did a great job there because this hotel loves you. They keep moving you up. They right? did love me. Those guys were great to me. So what happens after that role in director of banquets or assistant you know, director I, of banquets? Uh, the assistant director of food and beverage uh, uh, got promoted. He took another, a position on there from Bobby Joel. He's the, the director of food and beverage now, the Intercontinental Doral. Great guy. We talk once in a while. And then Danny says, hey, you know, I had this position open. Do you want it? I said, absolutely. This is the next step for me. I, I, this is what I really think I should be doing next. So I was given the number two in FMB position at the property, which is it's amazing. Uh, it's a great opportunity. Very, very thankful. So I took it. But the director of food and beverage, which was Danny, the same month that I took the position, left. 
That's hard. Right. Yeah, I, I really feel it. it was a very uh, emotional goodbye that we did for him. We made like a gold bull representing Rotoro and gave for all the years. And he went to the Trump around, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, he did. But yeah, you know, I, I said, oh man, you know, I, my mentor had just, you know, in FMB, it just leaves, right? What's next? What's, what's, what's going to happen next? But it was still, you know, you, you, you fly through that and you think about all the things you've learned and how you can you execute them better. And you think of it as a challenge and you push through. Yeah, so how was it a change? Uh, you know, I've been through that a couple of times where I'm you, know, sure, you get sure no you use to someone, sure, yeah. right? You get used to having your leader or a mentor there, and then a completely different style comes in. Was that a style that matched you, or was it something that was just different you know, than your style? We, we didn't click well because you're used to working with a person, and it really checks you up, right? You're used to working with a person that has your same um, mentality, same way of working, uh, same drive, you know, like, let's make this happen, let's do this. Think about the impossible and how can you make it happen, right? Just such an exciting thing. And then you um, you get placed with uh, with a boss, right? That doesn't share that. And you have to adapt, right? You have to adapt. That's how you have to do it. You cannot find the current. You just kind of make it. You just work with it and see how you can you ride that wave uh, to make sure you make the best of it for the property, for the company, for yourself. And that that's basically what, what, what I did. You know, I said, absolutely, we're here to make it happen. We're here to be successful and push the hotel forward. I think that's what a lot of, it's a good learning experience for a lot of people, right? Because it's going to happen all the time in hotels. You know, it hotels are the one just, business you where know, you, know, right? you have one thing planned out and you have you have everything scaled up exactly how you think it's going to go. And I don't know where, right? It just hits you like a curveball. Boom. And you have to just land on your feet, adapt and move forward. And then you do something that I've never done. So, you know, I've, I've just come through Miami. I'm a Miami boy. And then you take the chance and you make a big jump and you leave the country. So how does that part come up? You end up as director of food and beverage at the Dreams, Palm Beach, Dominican Republic. How do you make that decision? Because that seems like a big jump for a lot of people. Yeah, to be honest, now, I, I think about that now. And I say, you know, what the hell, what was I doing, right? What's... <laughs> <laughs> Why did I even do that? Uh, but back then, it, it sounded like a very solid decision. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like this sounds great. What what got Very the attention there? Let me tell you. Well, walk me through it. What happened? Uh, you know, again, you know, things weren't weren't working out in terms of dynamic anymore. And I said, you know what? It's time for me to move on. Uh, I've given the property nine plus years. Yeah, I'm done. It is great. Uh, let mm -hmm. me let me find something else. And you know, casually, I had just uh, done an event for the GM of the Dreams Palm Beach, uh, Walter. And uh, he proposed to his wife. Uh, I, I took care of the whole thing. And I have worked with him before while I was in rooms. It's like, you know, it's like, guys, you just never know who's going to give you the next opportunity, right? You, just, you always leave your doors open, always make great friends. Our world is smaller than we think. I say that to everybody, not just mm -hmm. in Miami, like everywhere. You just yep. never know who's going to give you the next chance, who's going to be there on your interview uh, and say, oh, my God, I remember you from so-and-so. You're the guy then. Uh, so, yeah. I had just given, I have just done a, a, a wedding proposal for Walter. And he, he called me like two months later saying, hey, I remember uh, we worked together. Well, we didn't really work together, but we knew each other from rooms, now you're FMB. I need an FMB guy. I need a director for a beverage um, and the dreams. Uh, with kind of All-inclusive resort, never done all-inclusive before in my life. I had only enjoyed them when I'll go on vacation. Right. Right? So I didn't even know how that thing worked. But again, sometimes you dive in head first. And you'll learn how to swim later. So I told my wife, hey, listen, I just got this opportunity. What do you think? My wife is always up for, for an adventure. I say, you know what? I'm going to take it. Hey, Walter, I'm, I'm down for it. Let's just do it. And they called me, went through the EV process, you know, the whole thing. And three weeks later, I was on a plane flying down to Dominican Republic with two bags in my hand. And that was it, honestly. And when I got there, you hit the road running, you know, and it was like, again, another amazing learning experience, totally different from what you'll see here in the U.S., uh, different labor standards, different people to work with, different just food and F&B components versus, you know, profitability is different than what we do here. You know, you always work, you always try to do 18% beverage or 20% food. Over there, you just get a per, per person to be able to work out. You try to maximize that budget and you always try to, you know, sometimes um, when you manage a restaurant, you banquets, you're constrained, right? But how profitable what you're doing will be. 
right? If you want to do like a little pop-up location, if you want to do an extra station or you want to do a, a, you know, you do it for brunch, you want to do a, a mimosa station, you want to do a, a dessert, anything, right? You always think about, is that league going to leave me money? Uh, how much I'm going to be able to make that? How profitable would this idea be, right? On the all-inclusive world, you're not so worried about that. All you're worried about, how will this impact the guest experience? Right? Is this going to make the guest happier for being here? Is it going to make him come back? What sets myself from the all the other hundreds of all-inclusive resorts that are on the island, right? What, what are you going to make next? And then you're kind of like unleashed to do whatever you want from that, from, from that sense. You want to do a barbecue? Sure thing. Do a barbecue, you know? You mm-hmm. want to get a, a rolling car and serve mimosas on the beach? Let's do it. You know, all you care about is the guest experience. As long as we're, you work within your budget and you stretch the per diem per guest um, that you're trying to achieve, you are just wow, man. You can do whatever you want. That's amazing. So when you say per diem per guest, so basically you, you come to the hotel, you know how many guests you're going to have, and this is the right. dollar amount per guest per day. You know, when you pay, you pay to sell an all-inclusive, you pay one price, right? Per person. You pay. Depending right. on where you stay. Mm-hmm. You pay $1,000, you can pay $150, $300 per person, but you pay. Right. And out of that uh, cost, right, a percentage of that goes, well, uh, a set price goes towards food and the other one goes towards beverage, right? It can be $5 per person. It can be $10 per person, depending on what you're working with, depending on what season it is. Right? Obviously, if you're staying uh, during Christmas, New Year's, those very high uh, demand uh, dates, you're going to get a, a higher per diem. You can work with the food a little bit better. If you stay in the summer when there's lower demand, then you get a little lower. You carry that through throughout the year, so you can always balance it out. It's always interesting. So very different. So looking back very between different. all very inclusive, different. all inclusive versus traditional, which do you prefer? You know, traditional is better because you make more money for for the property, mm-hmm. but all inclusive is best in terms of creativity. If you're a very creative guy and you wanna just let your mind loose, all inclusive is the way to go. Yeah, I feel like I would have loved doing that. I you would love doing that, man. Let me tell you, it's incredible. <laughs> So you're hanging out there, but then you get back to a familiar name, right? So you're at the Dreams, you're at the Dominican Republic. Maybe it's was it not the right fit? You were looking for no, something. No, it was great. No, it was fantastic. Yeah. I was looking for nothing. I mean, I was happy in the place. Yeah. I, tell you, I mean, I was doing crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, the top, chocolate towers. I mean, just, you know, fantastic buffets, coffee stations. I mean, just amazing stuff, right? Like bumping up revenues in the company. Doing great. I'm very happy. Uh, but then uh, Maria happens, right? Hurricane Maria. I don't That's know if you right. Remember, but yeah. it was like 2017, disastrous thing uh, for both uh, Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico. Horrible stuff. And that was in September. And then a bit a bit earlier, actually around the same time, a bit, a bit later, Michael Herman, which is used to be, right, the regional director of operations for Latin America and the Caribbean for ISG, he was also the GM at the uh, Intercontinental Puerto Rico in San Juan, calls me up and say, hey, Carlos. And I knew him again from my days at the Intercon. That's why, guys, that's why I'm telling you, you never know who's going to open door for you, right? You just make sure that you never leave door closed. Be open with everybody. Call me up and say, hey, I know you're the director of FMB right now at the Republic. Would you be interested in coming back to the U.S., you know, being Puerto Rico? I'm looking for a number two. I said, well, this is great. You know, next step in the career, fantastic. Uh, I have some FMB issues that I need to solve, and you have rooms experience. I think you're the guy. And I said, well, this is great. Thank you so much. Uh, okay, let me get down there for an interview. And I flew to Puerto Rico on a weekend, met with the entire team, met, met with Marco Herman, amazing mentor. I mean, the guy, I, I, I call him Papa Herman, right? Because I, I, mean, I think he's my father on the hospital of the world. It's just, he's just great. And then I, I met with him. I met with the, the whole team. The hotel and resort is beautiful. And the team is, you know, the, the people are fantastic. So I'm given the opportunity. I say, okay, calm down. And people were telling me, as a matter of fact, are you crazy? How are you going to go to Puerto Rico now? Everything down there is, is a disaster because there was no light. The roads were no great. I mean, when you see in the media, you know, it's a bit over-exaggerated. Uh, uh, but it was, it was kind of real, right? It was not, not great, right? The hotel itself had gone through many uh, issues with the hurricane, carpets being ripped off, not great. Wow. Uh, but I said, you know what? I'm going to take the chance. I had the opportunity to do something from scratch, you know, just rebuild the hotel again. 
um, bring clientele, just change the mentality of, of the people. And boom, they gave me the job. And I started there in November 27. Uh, so I left, um, yeah, about a year-ish in, in Dreams, and then I moved to Puerto Rico. So once you become hotel manager, so I've never reached that level, right? I've always been executive director of food and beverage, big hotels, but not a hotel manager. So what was the biggest difference for you when you get to that level of hotel manager, right? Your, your goal is to make sure you're yeah. in that place so the GM can do the other things that they need to yeah. do. And the, and the thing is that, you know, Michael Herman was only there about once, uh, one week a month because the other times he was traveling uh, his region. So right? you were it. You were the boss. I was there. I was it. And and for the first six months, right, uh, I, I didn't get the handle too well. Just learning a lot how the property worked because Puerto Rico is a different game than Dominican Republic or the U.S. Uh, in terms of um, the people, right? Uh, uh, this was very proud and amazing to work with, right? But you have to be able to navigate that and really make them the best they can be during that time. So I was learning how to make all that happen. Me being super, like, a super exactly person, you know, always let's do this, let's make this happen. Uh, sometimes I have to take a step back and, you know, again, analyze the situation, reach forward. Don't think about just FMB now anymore. Just think about how is that affecting every single area of the hotel? What decisions are you making now in FMB? What was the precaution that what repercussions are you taking now in rooms or housekeeping or public areas? We had a spa, so right, all of that needs to be playing into it. But you know, being from Miami, um, Cuban guy, you know, we always like to do things loud and do a lot of things. So we started doing pool parties, we started doing maximizing revenue. Uh, the neighbors next door took us to court because the parties were too wild. <laughs> I mean, I love fun. it, man. That's that's fun. a good, it's a good lawsuit to have. Uh, no, no, yeah, it was, <laughs> no, actually, I we met with them afterwards. We reconcile, they have myself, or they will call me. I will call them, say, hey, we're having a party this weekend. You think you're going to be all right? And, you know, come over for a drink. We get good friends with that. Good. I know you know how to make sure people feel. Oh, right. absolutely. You got to take care of people. <laughs> so you're hanging in Puerto Rico, right? Tell me what happens in between then, because the world starts to change a lot. Very much. The time you were in Puerto Rico to where you are now, right? So. The global throwing things really caught on me, right? And I did a lot of task force uh, because we started renovating the hotel, $80 million renovation, right? Amazing stuff from from scratch. We got in the whole building and really did a massive, massive renovation. We, I really learned from a lot, dealing with all those contractors, especially in an island, things that didn't have. Uh, how can you get them? How can you source them? ISG, one thing, ownership, another thing, right? You help. You help navigate through that. You're in the property, hands-on. Try to make sure that the things that you want done get done because, you know, sometimes they just want to make sure that they just do what they can pay to do, right? But then try to take shortcuts and you tell them, hey, no. So, but that's, it's just a lot of, a lot of stuff. But I, I cut the globe throwing box, uh, uh, box, so I try, I try to go places, right? So they where they needed me. And then Michael Harma sent me to Argentina for a little bit, um, Took over for the GM there while they would look for somebody. Um, I went to Chile. I went to actually back to Itacon for a little bit to help them do a couple of events. And it was just a lot of that and, and really grow into, I went through a great um, GM uh, internship slash uh, learning experience, like four days of back-to-back, bam, bam situations in Cartagena. I mean, thankful for the world, uh, for those guys. And you really learn through and the people there. And it was just, you know, again, COVID hit. Uh, we didn't know what was going to happen. I was sent home. Uh, I had a kid that was born in April, right? Middle of the pandemic. Hospital things didn't work out. And then I was home for a little bit. And then you stay home uh, for a while. And then the GM was sent to leave of absence because of payroll savings and everything else. And they brought me on board. Uh, and then Sonesta, right, uh, comes into play, SVC. We find, we found out that the hotel had been changed. And this was in 2020, right? Had changed management. And this is, we're talking about September now. I didn't yeah. know that. So you're at Intercontinental in Puerto Rico, and it yes. becomes a Sonesta. That's, well, it, it was a process, man. It was a process. It was not just, it was not just okay. as. I didn't know away. this part. Yeah. Yeah, let me tell you, it was scary. Uh, because we're talking about July, right? 
the GM called me, hey, uh, Carlos, you know, I, I just found out I get a place to live above since they want you back. I'm going to go home for a while uh, until these things come through, manage the hotel, uh, they want you there. Okay, perfect, no problem. July 2020. July middle, 20. of the pan- middle of the pandemic, yeah. Middle of the pandemic, yeah. Uh, 10% occupants in the hotel, they want you there. 10%, brand new baby, a lot of pressure. We just renovated. I mean, we had just started making money, man, in January and February, right? We had just reopened. And it was just like the stars have aligned. And we were just going to just just run the world uh, with a brand new property, new hotels, rates up the wazoo, pandemic, boom, derail all of that. So fast forward to July, uh, GM goes home in little absence, well, in you know, furlough. And then I come in. And then the rumors start happening. Oh, the hotel is going to be sold. Oh, now SDC. And so next time, what, what's happening here? What's, what's going on? Nothing's official. Everything's in the back. We start seeing publications online. We start sending emails. What's happening? Nobody knew for sure. We're all being kept on the wraps. Oh, there's a chance that they probably might stay. The employees, right? The people, the families. We had just, you know, we, we were kind of running the hotel very low occupancy, but... For July, we made some money. We're doing again some some things, and at least we're reaching fifty percent, covering GOP. You know, we're we're getting our bases, and all of these are hitting you, man, all over the place, all sides. And people were just saying, "What's what's going on?" And, and employees, you know, get up. You, you you have to care for you care for them, right? So at the end of the day, you're responsible for their well-being. You just didn't know, you know what's going to happen in September. Boom. Okay, it's official. So let's just taking over. I just moving out. Let's start the transition uh, piece. All right. I mean, wow. Wow. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Michael Herman comes back just to start, you know, overseeing things. And then we get, we get told, okay, December, you're going to transition. All right. Uh, it no longer, it will no longer be a, in the continental. It will now be a Royal Celesta. I said, oh, okay, here we are. You start reaching about the company, what are they about, what's what's going on, who are they, what's their, what what do they want, you know, what's 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 the what's the give and take? And then you know, it turns out it's like you know, great company, great people, amazing stuff. It's a way, oh, this is great. New chapter, new things. But again, you're a little concerned because you don't you you don't know if you're gonna get fired or they're gonna leave you there. Or what's what's gonna happen? You know, right. employees are also concerned. So they could bring their own people. Are we gonna get laid off? Because again, you know, employees in those properties they've gone. You know, especially loyal employees have gone through many changes. Right, that property per se had gone through like four changes before. Right, you had employees there that have been since the eighties. Right, amazing guys that were saying, "Wow, here I am again." You know, after twenty years with ISG, I thought we were gonna be all nice and dandy, and now boom, we're getting changed. So you would make sure that they, they feel good about that, that they feel uh, safe and they feel okay and overly communicate things. And December comes, we told them, no one's gonna lose their jobs, no one's gonna anything. You guys will remain where they are, all good. But we have one problem. Uh, the GM of my hotel, Michael Herman, is out to regional director operations for IEG. Yeah. Right, so what's gonna happen with Michael Herman? Uh, so it's all Michael Herman's gonna be managing the region. For IG, no GM will be appointed yet. You do it until we figure things out. Sure thing. Uh, December 1st comes and now we're going to push you to December 15th because there's a lot of things still in Puerto Rico that we haven't figured out. So I got a problem. December 15th comes in. We'll do the transition in one night. I mean, it was seamless. It was amazing. I mean, oh. we really we really prepare, prepare very, very well uh, for transition day. I mean, it was up the wazoo preparations. It was fantastic. All the employees knew what to do. We prepared the reservations. I mean, so at that we, time, is there Senesta regional team coming in and helping you? And you're making no, because there? we were converting. Well, they had just converting a hundred plus properties in in December first at once, and now December fifteenth, they were converting like seven more. They couldn't be everywhere at once, and you got wow. to imagine Senesta grew uh, back then, right, from sixty properties to uh, almost three hundred properties. I remember them. I remember them buying everything during that time. Yeah. Man, in, in in like a month, right? So all of that just can be everywhere at once. So all that is remote, over the phone, Zoom, Teams, the whole shebang. There was no one in property. Uh, we did our own thing, but we had everything prepared in advance. You know, we 
change the restoration, the letters, the stuff for the property, they're shredding, they're throwing away things. Uh, they're getting new things to put on the guest rooms, new standards, uh, signage. Right. Back Uniforms, of the house stuff. Name tags. Uniforms. Everything. I mean, it's a lot. From December 14th to December 15th. Man, wild, wild. And we did it. It was great. Seamless. We had a couple of days with some system problems, but the guests didn't find out about that. We did very well uh, in terms of our system. We did a little ceremony in the 15th. Michael Herman handed me the keys to the property, you know, from ISG to Sonesta. Very emotional. We all cried. It was a thing. Yeah. And I then, exactly. And then we start talking about what's next, right? What's next for the property? What, what are the plans? What are we going to do? And then around January, rumors start happening that Michael Herman, and we always talk, right? We're showing you. Uh, Michael Herman might come back as a GM of the property uh, rather than being a regional for IG. Because IG was still going through a lot of stuff pandemic-wise, right? Still no revenue. This was January 2021, right? right. We still had not picked up. The, the pickup was seen around February. So you're still there trying to figure things out. It's okay. We get confirmation. He's coming back. Oh, fantastic. Michael Herman comes back to the GM of the hotel. I did the handover again of the key. Uh, it, was, it was amazing. It was amazing. And then opportunities open up on, on Sonesta because it's just massive growth. You need to fill all these positions. So I wanted to be a GM. I tasted the GM and the GM thing. I wanted it. I wanted to be a GM. I wanted to grab the handles and just say, I, yeah, here I am. So a few positions opened up in Sonesta. There were three I liked. There was one in Redondo Beach, uh, one in Denver, and one in Miami. So I applied for all three. Right? I applied. I said, okay, whatever comes, comes. So interview process starts. You know, I, I will go through the whole thing. And then Zimo Rusconi, uh, which is now SVP for Sonesta, calls me up and say, hey, you got the job in Miami. Oh, my God. Amazing. This is great. You know, I'm coming back home. Mm -hmm. Right? Family's here. Everybody's here. Wife's super excited. Let's make this happen. So in February 9th, I come back to Miami, and I start the GM of the Sonesta Miami Airport. That's amazing. Look, Alex, I want to ask you a question about that. But the journey... You know, I just want to make sure I have this right. I, I took a note of this to show the power of hospitality, right? You started as a bellman in what year? Uh, 2007, no, 2007. 2007. So really, in 13 years, you went from bellman at the Intercontinental Hotel to general manager of a Sinesta beautiful property here in Miami, right? It is, man. Listen, we're number five right now in the, advisor in the whole Miami. All right. I was going to tell you about that because I've been watching your reviews in yeah, anticipation yeah, 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 yeah. of this. Uh, but I want to make sure listeners hear this, right? Because it just shows you. And I, you know, I haven't talked to Carlos in a while, and I want to talk about where you are now. But it just shows you if you really focus and you go for what you want, because Carlos shows you. He asks for everything he wants. He didn't wait around for someone to say, hey, do you want this? He's asking. And so I love that about you because I just remember watching. I was like, man, this guy is superstar. Like went from Bellman to you know, GM of the restaurant, to assistant director of food and beverage, the hotel manager, and now general manager. That's why I was so excited to talk to you now. So now you're general manager. You were kind of acting general manager because you had like a place to practice really in Puerto Rico. But what yeah, has been the biggest practice, difference yeah, was, now? Yeah, Puerto Rico was a great school. So what's been the biggest difference now? Now you're sitting in that beautiful office I see you sitting in, right? What's been the biggest difference? Man, to, to, be, to be honest, and I was told about this before, you know, by, you know by who? By, by Danny Estevez. I was told about when he became a GM as well. Is I ask him the same question. And the main thing, uh, man, it's just there's no one that you can just go and say, hey, how do I do this? You know, I, and you, you kind of do, but it's not the same. You know, when you're the number two of a place or you have a boss or stuff like that and you make a mistake or you messed up, you can always go back and say, hey, this is the deal. How do I fix it? You know, or you have, you're going through a stressful day and you know, you need someone to talk to, uh, and you and you have that you you have that colleague next to you, right? That you say, "Oh, I invent out." You cannot really do that, Sanjia, right? Because you are the face of the hotel. You have to show face all the time. You always have to be ready for a show, right? Always, regardless of what, what of a day you're having. You cannot go. You cannot go to your rooms division manager and start complaining to him about the bad day that you're having. It just doesn't work that way, because then what type of what type of authority figure are you portraying? You know, so you have to call your mentor. You have to call somebody else. Say, hey, I'm having this thing. How do I navigate through this? That's why it's important to have a couple of people around you that can give you support whenever you need it all the time. Uh, because you just never know. You you can have you can have a bad day, any day. You know, you may be steady as a rock right now. 
and something comes in and just hits you by the side and knocks you down and you need to have somebody that you can call and say hey i'm having i'm going through this right now have you gone through this before what have you done because sometimes you don't feel confident calling your boss because you know you have to make sure that your boss sees you as you're doing a great job all the time right so it's always great to have those people next to you you just call hey how do i navigate through this how do i make this happen i'm really having i really i'm having a really tough day right now because of this specific situation and they can give you advice right they can help you with that and it's extremely important to be able to surround yourself with those type of people uh, and not be alone because when you're in that position you're there you're you're the guy you're the guy that you want to be and that you want to be when you got there so right now you have to make it happen i love it and so you taking over that property now, before you got there, I'd say it was a nice hotel, right? But now was, I see was, things was really plaza, changing. Plaza, it was a Crow Plaza before. Right. But now it's changing yeah, it quick. So how are you making an impact? Because I can clearly see the energy that you have in this interview. Hey, we're doing great. We're doing great. Right. Record, listen, record numbers in the company, record numbers for the hotel everywhere, right? In occupancy, ADR, Repar, blowing it up the wazoo. We recently had a competition. Uh, with the Olsonestas, and we were on the top 5% of RGI increase year over year, right? So we won the thing, and, and it was no, number five into advisor in the city, right? It's amazing. Fantastic. Highest cleanliness score in my comp set. Look at see. We're really, we're really pushing it through. We really are making lots of changes, and we involve the hotel a lot more than it was before in, in the community, and, and making sure that we all know each other here in the area all the all the miami airport managers uh we really get get to know each other we have happy hour once in a while we get our own meetings happening twice a month um but really bringing the hotel up to serve the community so the community knows that we are here right we go to the airport almost every other week just to visit those guys donations that we do really engaging ourselves with uh, with partnerships it helps us out very much and the employees have seen that we have done so many things here uh, for the employees that because you want you want to make sure that they're, they're on board with the things you're trying to do right it, it makes no sense whatsoever you come in with this energy and you try to change the world but if you don't have the employees behind you you won't be able to do squat because anything that you want to do they're not going to get behind it and it's not going to get done so you take care of the employees we do barbecues we do paellas we do our special menus every other week we do employee celebrations every single manager right is responsible to make sure that their employees are happy so they have car blind to be able to go to the, the pastry shop and, and once in a, once a week bring a little pastry tray for them at night those guys the, you know the overnight breakfasts the overnight dinners to make sure that they are the overnight visits to make sure that you know you are with them and you walk it through and you visit you sit down because sometimes you know you forget about little things it's important to make a list of what you need to tackle in terms of employee perspective what they expect from you what they want so we do a lot of things we're running the employee cafeteria we're running the bathrooms uh, we took it to the back of the house. We repainted the whole thing, put very emotional and, and, and inspirational quotes all through the hallway. Put some music in the laundry. Oh, you go in there right now? It's like a party, let me tell you. And those guys are working hard, but it's a party. Uh, we put some, we put a music system in the laundry. Best decision ever. Best decision ever. Because next to the uh, laundry is the employee entrance. Right? So everybody goes through there every, at all times. So when you come in, all you're hearing is this great music just blasting out. Awesome. Gets you excited, man. Gets you excited. And he makes it happy. That's all we care about. Man, I love to hear how well you're doing there. Um, I know you're very happy there now, but knowing you and how you love to grow, where do you see yourself going? What What do you think is next? You know, I I had I, I had a couple of conversations about this with my regional now, which turns out is still Michael Herman oh, because very he, nice. he got promoted. Uh, he's the regional he, the regional director operations for Sonesta. And he's moving down to Miami now. Uh, so he's going to manage the region out of here. Great. Um, so we had a couple of conversations about that. What, what will be next? Mm -hmm. And is either a area manager or a GM position on a bigger property. So we're debating to see what was going to happen. But, you know, you give now in this position, you cannot jump around as much. You need to give it a little more time uh, yes. to be able to do the things that you want to do and show that you've done a long-term growth for the property. Um, so two, three more years maybe uh, before we can work this out. But you're always thinking, right? You're always growing, always hungry. What's out there? And opportunities, if they, knock, if they come knocking on the door, 
I love seeing how well you've done. Like I, I just feel proud, and I've lost contact with you really after you left Intercom, but we're always online talking. We, def we definitely are, man. We yeah. definitely are. I always see you as well posting lots of stuff. It's always great. Yeah. So I'd like to see you continue to grow, but for I want to bring it to this question now. So you've done so much, and you've put in so much energy into so many great places and made so many connections. If you were looking back at young Carlos just arriving from Cuba, walking into Intercontinental to Bellman the first day, and what would you tell young Carlos about getting started in this? You know, I would definitely not spend two and a half years um, as a Bellman as much, even though that's is I always, I always tell people it's one of the best jobs I've ever had. I will have shortened the Bellman uh, thing. I will have done just one year and I, and try to go to front office or PBX or FMB even uh, faster. And I, I think I, it would have shaved me a couple of, a couple of years in my career path. Uh, but I just wasn't focused back then. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do or what I want to be. I just was concerned about providing for my family because we had just come from Cuba, right? I needed money. And I was going to school at the same time. So I didn't know exactly. I, I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know what I want to be. Um, so it took me about a year and a half to figure that out. And after that, and I put a plan in motion. But yeah, for sure. I was just, and I was gone into me sooner. Because there are more fun than rooms, that's for sure. <laughs> that is true. I got that same advice for anybody. I did. I went straight into food and beverage, and it was way more fun. Uh, so Absolutely, man. You can do that. Path. Yeah, it's good to be sure. balanced in both. Well, Carlos, I appreciate you so much sharing your story with everyone here, and especially me. I love learning um, how you made these big jumps. If somebody wants to connect with you, what's the best way they can connect with you? You can always email me. I'm always up on LinkedIn. So carlos.garcia.com, I'm always uh, having to take a phone call or, or, or have a conversation or have a cup of coffee, always open for everybody because we'll be there, right? So if you want to talk, if you're not, you want advice, you want to visit, anything you want, hotels always open. So it's Miami Airport, we're here in the June, please just stop by or just shoot me up in LinkedIn. You can send me a message. Yep, and go stop by. Uh, you will not regret meeting Carlos in person. The energy he has is That's contagious. Right. The energy is real. The energy is real. People think it's not, but it is. It is time. real. I've known him now for so many years. It seems like the energy level has gone up. I need to get the vitamins uh, that you have. I love it, man. Uh, but congratulations. I'm so proud of you. And thank you for doing this with us. We'll talk soon. Thank you, brother. Whatever you need. We're always here. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. This podcast is brought to you by Biscayne Coffee. Biscayne Coffee was founded with a giving spirit and a big idea to enjoy delicious coffee roasted in Miami while helping save Biscayne Bay and the animals that live there. As a former food and beverage director, I can assure you these are some of the best quality beans on the planet. 10% of every coffee sold is donated to nonprofits to help preserve Biscayne Bay for all to enjoy. Visit BiscayneCoffee.com today and use promo code MENTOR at checkout to save 10% on your first order. Drink good coffee and create a good outcome. This podcast is a Hospitality.fm production.